It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. With us on the line now is the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Oklahoma, uh, Matt Pinnell. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Welcome to the program this morning. Hey, good morning. Great to be back. It's always good to have you on the program. Appreciate you taking the time out of your business. Absolutely. Uh, to, yeah. to talk to folks here in Western Oklahoma, this is the place to be. I guess you know that, right? Well, you, you know I know it. Uh, I was actually in Woodward yesterday uh, for the uh, teeny tiny uh, teeny tiny town summit, uh, which I thought was great. It was a number of communities in Western Oklahoma getting together to talk about uh, economic growth and in uh, western Oklahoma and smaller communities. So uh, it was exactly the way that uh, smaller communities should be operating, kind of working together to uh, uh, to help each other grow. Well, it's been tough out in, in these small towns particularly. Uh, the growth has been, um, you know, more uh, the metropolitan areas. Oklahoma's yeah. had a lot of good growth, but mostly in the metro, metro, particularly uh, the small towns out here in western Oklahoma, which were based so much on agriculture. That's right. Well, I mean, I talked a lot about agritourism yesterday. Um, still the fastest growing uh, segment inside the tourism department as a whole is, is agritourism opportunities. Uh, we actually had a number of, of uh, agritourism uh, businesses there that were, were sponsoring this summit yesterday, a couple from Laverne and a few other areas, and um, uh, it, it 15-fold uh, uh, increase uh, in uh, uh, in growth in agritourism over the last 10 years. Uh, so, I mean, it is it is growing by leaps and bounds. It's not just uh, farmer's markets anymore. It's anything that you can do on a farming or ranching operation uh, that tourists are looking for today. Uh, and I think that's a big growth potential uh, in, in western Oklahoma, uh, for sure. Well, a good example of that here, Weatherford's P-Bar Farms and what they've done out there, taking a, you know, basically a maize field and turned it into a, a maze. Literally. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Just, I mean, people want to know what can we do in the way of ag ag uh, tourism. That's a good example. What what else? Well, what, a, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It, well, and, and again, Weatherford being right there, you, you combine you combine Route sixty six with a, an agritourism uh, attraction, uh, then you're really on something. <laughs> Uh, so, again, communities, big or small, but particularly small, have to play to their strengths. Um, and, and smaller communities, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, we see it in all the data that we're looking at at the Department of Tourism. They're looking for a smaller community. They're looking for a main street line with American flags and uh, a few boutique shops. Uh, they want that authenticity. Uh, they'll go to the big towns for a concert here or there. Uh, but uh, what we are seeing from tourists, both international uh, and and tourists around America, they're looking for smaller communities. They're they're looking for restaurants that aren't gonna they're not gonna have to wait an hour and a half uh, to, to get a reservation, sitting in line. Uh, they're tired of traffic. Uh, again, we we have a lot of advantages uh, in our rural communities when it comes to those areas. You know, I, I saw that recently visiting England. Some of these little bitty cities, smaller than Weatherford, smaller than even some of these other towns, had a nice old uh, Main Street, if you will, and they had a lot, right. a lot of shops up and down the Main Street to attract. I mean, the, the, on a Monday, this little town uh, was just uh, Burford is the name of the town, but it was just loaded okay. with people in, in the yeah. walls of England. Yeah. Well, and Weatherford's a good example. I'm not just saying it because I'm, I'm talking to you, Harold. I mean, 
the, the Route 66 park um, uh, over the last few years, the, de- the further development of that park. I mean, your Main Street development uh, is, is really coming together as well. And again, you've guys, you guys, you all have gone all in on Route 66, which is uh, very uh, strategic with the 100-year anniversary uh, of that road coming in, in three short years. So you, you all are on to something. Obviously, you have an amazing university uh, that uh, is, a, is an economic hub uh, for the region as well. That's an, an advantage that you all have that a lot of communities don't have in rural parts of our state. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm in, I spend most of my time in rural Oklahoma because of that. Uh, you know, Tulsa and Oklahoma City are going to get theirs. Uh, we, we've got 75 other counties that we have to help grow uh, for, for us to kind of be the kind of state, certainly, that I think we want for our kids and grandkids. One one of the areas I know you've been really working on is workforce Oklahoma and yes. trying to find different areas where we can bring people into the state and work and not only that but work and upgrading keeping people in the state of Oklahoma that get their education here. Yeah, that's right. I I'm, I'm, uh, was was recently named this new Secretary of Workforce and Economic Development, so I'm kind of running the Department of Commerce now. Um, and I asked the governor for that role because. You know, every company that I talk to, literally every company uh, across the state, rural versus urban, it didn't really matter. Every company is looking for qualified workforce. They're, they're looking for uh, people that will that will actually go work. Uh, you know, I, I don't talk a whole lot about our low unemployment rate. I talk about our, our labor participation rate. Uh, the, the fact that we have a 61% labor participation rate, that's too low. Uh, that's not enough Oklahomans that are participating in the workforce. Uh, and uh, we, we've got to reverse that trend. And, and in rural parts of our state, uh, from, from child care services to affordable housing, that's a really big issue um, in, in rural parts of our community where companies that are looking to relocate somewhere, they, they love Oklahoma right now. I mean, I, we, we've got so many companies looking at Oklahoma, uh, but, but they can't move to a more rural community if there's no housing available. Uh, if, if, if there's a lack of, of health care or, uh, uh, or, or schooling opportunities. Um, and, and so, again, we, we, we've got to take an honest look at those, uh, those areas uh, as legislators and address them where we can. Um, our career tech system, thankfully, uh, is absolutely world class. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a system that I've been championing ever since I've become lieutenant governor. Uh, you know, getting skills uh, that match the need of employers. A lot of those skills can be met going through one of our uh, amazing career tech centers across the state. So you will see a lot of con- a lot of talk uh, about that from me uh, in in these next three years that I have in office as your lieutenant governor. Now, speaking of that, um, you 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 are the lieutenant governor, elected separately from the governor. I, it seems that you and Governor uh, Stitt get along pretty well. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, you know, he he really cuts his secretaries loose to just go do their job, and I I, I respect that. Uh, he delegates uh, when, when it comes to those those matters, but uh, yeah, we we do. I mean, I, I've. Uh, didn't I did not know the governor when when I got elected he didn't know me and and uh, uh, but it has been a it, it's been a good working relationship um, you know he says go make decisions as 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 his secretaries um, and as lieutenant governor just just go make decisions and he'll he'll have our back and uh, I respect that in in a leader so um, 
the speaking of the governor and and uh he had proposed a tax cut uh called the legislature in a session uh the senate has already signed he died so from all practical standpoints that special session's gone what were your thoughts about that setting as lieutenant governor and president yeah. of the senate yeah it, you know the house uh I, yeah, I know the house was was uh w- was ready to to do a quarter of a percent cut uh, in the Senate, uh, wanted to see a, a, a plan, uh, and, and I and I understand that. I talked to a number of state senators when it, uh, you know, that, that weren't necessarily against uh, cutting taxes, but they wanted to see a plan. They wanted to make sure that we uh, weren't going to have to cut core services. Uh, you know, there's a there's not a lot of legislators up there at the Capitol that remember that still remember those days, but. You know, when we had the automatic trigger to the income tax and then our oil and gas industry didn't do so well, uh, we, we, we kind of ran out of money to operate state government. We, we cannot be in that position again. Um, and, and I have seen plans from the state chamber and other organizations that can put us on a path to reduce the income tax without having to raise sales tax uh, or, or cut core services. Um, and I, I believe, Harold, that, that for sure next legislative session, uh, there will be there will be a conversation about a, a uh, cutting the income tax, giving some money back to the taxpayers across the state, but doing it in a responsible way. Um, you know, just just cutting a quarter of a percent uh, off the income tax is that going to stimulate the economy? Uh, some some would argue that it would would not. Um, and so I, I'm certainly for. Um, making sure that we have a very competitive tax structure so that we can compete against every state around us, uh, including Texas, for that matter. Uh, but we've got to make sure that we do it uh, in a way that uh, we're not raising property taxes through the roof like Texas has had uh, has has had to do uh, or raising sales tax more. Um, I, I want to still be able to invest in communities. Um, investing money in industrial parks around the state, for for example, uh, so that when companies do want to expand in Weatherford, we, we're shovel ready. Uh, we we have the infrastructure needed for existing businesses in in Weatherford or any or anywhere across the state uh, for them to grow. That that we have to have enough money in the coffers to make those type of investments. So um, many might argue that we need to cut the income tax in order to bring more people and possible jobs to Oklahoma. Do you find, as a person that's out there uh, in the trenches, if you will, recruiting businesses to Oklahoma, do you find that a problem, to be a problem? You know, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, on the value proposition, certainly the tax structure comes up. Um, Public education uh, and workforce are right up there, though, uh, when, it, when it comes to the tax structure. I mean, it, we, relocating very large businesses, you know, when, when Elon Musk was looking at, at, at relocating Oklahoma, the income tax matters to him. Uh, that, that was one of the reasons that I think he picked uh, uh, Texas over us. But, but he also picked the state of Texas because there were millions of more people that, that he could pull from when it came to a workforce. Um, and, and those are issues, all, all of those things when it comes to on, on the value proposition uh, list of just the pros and cons for any business looking to expand in Oklahoma uh, or move to Oklahoma. Certainly tax structure and tax burden uh, is on their list. But I will tell you, I, I have just as many or more conversations uh, when it comes to uh, with those businesses uh, with, with, in, the, in regards to workforce and public education. So uh, we're a couple of years away from from uh, a race in Oklahoma. Have you thought about whether you might consider running for governor? 
We're looking at it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly something that uh, I'm asked about probably on a daily basis at this point. Um, we're, we certainly are looking at it. Uh, we just got reelected. Um, so, you know, we've got two, three years left at, as lieutenant governor. Um, that'll be a family decision <laughs> for sure. Um, that's a life-changing type of decision there running for governor. But uh, uh, I do love what I'm doing right now. There, there's no doubt. Uh, I knew I knew what I was getting myself into, Harold, uh, running and uh, for office and being a public servant. Um, but I, I love positioning Oklahoma uh, to, to be uh, truly a, uh, a destination state. Uh, and, and giving our kids, giving Oklahoma kids, every opportunity and excuse to stay in their own state. Um, uh, and, I, and I hope you hear it in my voice. I mean, uh, spending most of my time in rural parts of the state and helping those communities grow, um, I'm extremely passionate about. And, and I think there's a real opportunity there, too, because of the investments uh, that we've made in, in rural communities. So um, there, there's still a lot left that I want to do, and uh, I'll make that decision next year on governor. Very good. Well, I know it's quite a ways out at this point, but there are term limits. The governor can't run for re-election. You can't run for uh, again. Do you like the That's term right. limits? I mean, is that something you think's good? Because I had mixed feelings about it when I termed out of the House. Yeah, I, I still have mixed feelings, to tell you the truth. I really do. Um, you, you know, 12 years in the legislature, um, uh, you know, maybe that's a... a, a uh, uh, a, a good sweet spot, I guess. I mean, I, I look at what's happening federally, not to not to completely change this, you know, uh, pivot off of the state. But uh, I, I I could see more of an argument for term limits at a federal level than than uh, than at a state level. Uh, but uh, we have them, and uh, the, the the reality is, is, I don't think we're ever going back. We, we'd have to put that back on a ballot for people to vote on, and. I don't think they're going to vote on giving politicians more time in office versus less. So most likely, uh, we did, not. We, most likely not. So yeah. we got to deal with what we with what we got there. But uh, um, I, I certainly have loved the time that I've been able to, to serve as lieutenant governor. I, I, I'll put my eight years of lieutenant governor uh, time uh, up against anybody. So uh, let's talk Route 66, 2026, sure. the uh, centennial of the road, the mother road. That's right. People are gearing up for that. When, when's the money going to be available? I know the legislature appropriated uh, several million dollars to help uh, build and promote Route 66. Yeah, yeah. A, re- a real game changer, truly, for us. Uh, it is the, the work of the legislature um, uh, of, of creating the Route 66 Commission. So it's about $6.6 million every year. Um, it is sitting in a fund, and there we, we named commissioners. Uh, to this commission, uh, they will uh, accept uh, proposals, grant proposals from communities with project with project ideas, uh, and then they will award money uh, to communities based upon um, uh, you know a scoring system uh, of how uh, uh, of what communities want to do with those dollars. So you know uh, we've talked to, to to leadership in Weatherford and, and every other Route 66 community. Uh, that hey, that, that this day is coming. Well, it's almost here. I mean, we're we're probably uh, a week or two away uh, from that rulemaking. That 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 uh, that paperwork will be uh, posted onto the Department of Commerce website. Uh, towns will be able to download that, fill it out, and, and submit it back to us. Um, and hopefully by the end of the year, we are awarding uh, dollars to communities. Uh, it's up to two million dollars. 
uh, uh, distribution of money. It's not a matching grant, uh, which is also very helpful for, you know, smaller communities. I mean, you know, there's small communities on Route 66 that don't have $1,000 to to match against another $1,000 uh, contribution from a state level. So there has to be some volunteer hours and obviously making sure that money that we do invest um, in, in some sort of project, that project is kept up um, and the city would be responsible for, for making sure uh, uh, of, of those services. Uh, but we're very excited about this, Harold. I mean, that this will be, uh, I truly believe this will help transform some, some communities on Route 66. Um, and uh, certainly some money will be coming to Weatherford in future years when it comes to Route 66 development. So it's, uh, in looking at those projects, I, I know they're grants, but uh, the question that might be asked by some of these communities, if they are doing some in-kind and maybe some matching work, is that does that help? In their, it it, in it their would, meet, meet yes. Their, I, I, yeah, I, it, I believe on the scoring system, I believe it does help if, if there's some buy-in from the local community, yes. Very good. Um, Mustafa has a question before we get out of here. A real quick question, and it deals with the – we mentioned $6.6 million, and then each community can get $2 million, or is this total give-out of the state? It's up to to $2 million per per proposal. So it's uh, it's $25,000 up to $2 million. So, you know, if you want to fund the local bench in the community – you know, that's probably going to be a separate commission. That'll probably be the Route 66 Centennial Commission, which is kind of in charge of throwing, you know, the birthday celebration. We, we wanted these to be substantial projects. Um, and again, so we're kind of starting out proposals at 25000 and it goes up from there. Uh, and it's not one time. I mean, it, it is it is possible that communities could get multiple grants, um, uh, you know, that this money is sunsetted after four years. So this only this 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 commission is only in place for four years. It will sunset uh, after the centennial. So it's it's really four years of uh, of money that we're going to be awarding. Um, and we're setting up right now. How often if it, are, are we going to award these money, this money quarterly? Is it going to be a couple times a year? Uh, we're working through that right now. But uh, we are communicating to Route 66 communities that you need to get your ideas in place now. You, you need to be coming up uh, w- with uh, w- what is that project that you've been wanting to fund uh, for for a number of years probably. And I know Weatherford's got plenty of ideas uh, when it comes to Route 66 development. So um, I, I look forward to being on the radio hopefully in, in coming months to, to talk about what's coming to Weatherford. Very good. And we've also got, of course, Elk City. You've got a great museum there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're making some plans as well as Elk City. So they are. we got they three are. big, uh, uh, larger cities on I-40. We call them the Tri-Cities, you know. So yeah, Weatherford well, and, and Elk it, City. When, when we talk about Western Oklahoma, I mean, that, that really – uh, in in a lot of ways, is the gem of Route 66 in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, Tulsa it it does very well, obviously, with Route 66 mm-hmm. in the northeast part of the state. But you know, Western Oklahoma that's where a lot of our international tourists uh, spend a lot of their time is outside of the me- the major metro areas. They they get uh, they get out of Oklahoma City pretty quick and they go west. Very good. Hey, we're out of time. Thank you for being on the show today. It's always good. Hey, thank time you. goes by They're pretty fast good. when you're having fun. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I'll see you guys out there again soon, I'm sure. You bet. We'll talk to you again. Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell, our guest on the program this morning. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.